Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. Today I want to preach to you, and I'm going to preach. I'm really excited about it, but before I do, I actually I want to tell you one thing, and I'll say it again after the sermon as well too, but you do not want to miss tonight at 6 p.m. Come on. Tonight at 6 p.m. We're doing a vision night here at 6 p.m., and we have two world-renowned speakers, Pastor Tim Timberlake um, and Pastor Stovall Weems that are going to be here with us tonight. Okay, for a vision night going into the fall because God is doing so many amazing things in this house. So if you call this house home, then you've got to be here, all right? Like, just go ahead, mark off tonight at 6 p.m. If you've got children, we've got child care available. And if you're just curious about what's going on here at this church and you're like, man, i got to get some more of this because this is good, then you want to be here tonight because God is going to just be doing some amazing things. And I cannot wait for tonight at 6 p.m. And so um, just go ahead and just get back into the house tonight. Today I want to preach a message called Consider the Source. Everybody say, Consider the Source. Consider the source. Now, most of us, maybe you've heard that saying, right? Because, like, you're in a conversation with someone, and somebody's telling you something, and then you look at them, and you're like, yeah, but consider the source, bro. Consider the source that told you that, okay? Like, yeah, you know that person is not trustworthy. You know that person kind of exaggerates the story a little bit. Consider the source, bro. Consider the source. But it got me thinking, what if we were to flip that when it came to God? Consider the source, bro. Wait, you just lost your job? Consider the source. Wait a minute, your marriage is on the rocks? Consider the source. You, you got financial troubles, and you're like, I don't even know where I'm going to get a dollar. I'm so poor, it's spelled, I'm just Poe. I can't even afford the O and the R. I'm just Poe. Consider the source. You got rocky friendships? Consider the source. Consider the source. Like, what if we were just to go into tomorrow, and instead of just thinking like, oh, yeah, well, consider the source there who told you that. No, 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 no. You got into the Bible. You got into the Word of God, and you said, consider the source right here. My circumstance, I'm not going to look at it like that. I'm going to consider the source, because here's what I know about the source. The source has never been wrong. The source is always trustworthy. The real source has no lack, and it has no lack of credibility in your life. In fact, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And my God shall supply all of your need, not wants, all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You see, write this down. He is the source of all of your needs. He is 
the source of all of our needs. Now, the Greek word here for supply is pelru, P-L-E-R-O-O, which means to make full. It means to cause to abound. It means to fill to the full. So do you get what he's saying there? He's saying we have a God that can make you full, okay? Like I go to In-N-Out Burger when I'm in California every single time because I'm like, I got to get me some In-N-Out Burger. If you live on the West Coast, you are praised just because of that. You are blessed just because of that, right? you like, because you have some manna from heaven in In-N-Out Burger, right? And so every time I go there, I'm going to be full when I leave because I know I'm not going to get everything that I need here in East Tennessee because we don't have an In-N-Out Burger. So I got to make sure that I eat and eat and eat until I can't eat no more. Because, and they are filling, they are my source for my hunger of In-N-Out Burger, right? But here's the thing. How many of us are coming to God and we just go, well, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat because you are a God that will fill. You are a God that doesn't matter where I'm lacking because I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. Is, am I making any sense here because you're just looking at me right here? No, you got to say, no, he is my source. Come on. He will make me full. God is the source to make you full. He is the cause to abound. He is going to fill us to the brim. I want you to think about this. What can't happen in your life if you would consider the source? What can't happen in your life if you were to consider the source? Because here's what I know. On my darkest days, on the days where I feel the most down on myself, on the days where I just feel like nothing is going my way, I've forgotten the source. I have forgotten the source. I'm forgetting that I know a God who according to scripture says that God knows every single hair on my head. And he knows every single hair on your head. Do you know how many hairs are on your head? Some of you are like, I'm bald. I have no head, or no hair on my head. You know what I mean? But, but God would know the number of hairs that would grow back on your head if you had hair. Right? But for some of you, you got a lot of hair. Like, look at Daniel's lovely locks here. Come on, man. God knows every single one of the hairs on his head. Like, that is awesome. So on my days where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, I'm forgetting that I know a God where if he knows the hairs on my head, then there's not even one single aspect of my life that he doesn't currently know about. Do you really realize that? There's that one area of your life where he is standing up there in heaven and be like, oh, I didn't know they were going to do that. That was new. <laughs> Nothing. Because he is the source. So why am I forgetting the power of the source? Why am I forgetting the joy of the source? The source that will lead me down the right path, the Bible says. Why am I forgetting about the source of all life? That he breathed into existence and reverting instead to a source of lack. Because you know, that's a worldview, right? We have a worldview of lack in our society. Lack, 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 lack. I'm not talking about ath-lack. I'm talking about lack. We have a worldview of lack. 
So many of us are like, yeah, man, I would apply for that job, but I just know I, don't, I lack what it takes to get that job. Really? There's been jobs that I've applied for that I had no business getting whatsoever. Even the person that was interviewing me one time, I got, I got this amazing uh, youth pastor job uh, at the church before we moved here to start this church. And it was a big old church, and they were doing amazing things with youth ministry and just having hundreds of uh, high school students and all this other stuff, right? And um, the guy literally on the phone, he told me, he said, well, I want to send you on, but don't be surprised if I never call you again, Josh. And I'm like, all right, Cool. But this is what I told him. I said, but here's what I know. If my God wants me to have that job, I will have that job, sir. And I appreciate your time today. Hung up the phone. Two days later, he called me back. He said, you're their number one candidate. Get on the plane. They want you to come down here. I got that job. It was one of the best jobs of my whole entire life. We saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of teenagers give their life to Jesus. And it was absolutely amazing. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't say, well, because I'm not qualified to lead that student ministry, then I just lack what it takes. And so I'm not going to apply. No, I said, my God is a God that will supply everything that I need. My God is a God that his power can open doors that no no man can open. My God is the source, and so I will trust the source. I'm not going to have a spirit of lack on my life. So many of us, we say, well, we just lack the financial stability to give. So many of us, we lack the financial stability, and we just don't believe that we're ever going to attain it. We lack a best friend, and we don't see anybody else in the horizon. We're like, where's that person going to be? God can provide you because he already knows that you're feeling lonely, and so open up your eyes and see who's around you. Maybe there's a friend right beside you that you're not seeing because you're just concentrating on your lack instead of what God has put in front of you. Amen? We lack, and that leads us to believe that we have to become the source. We have to be the one to go find the friend. We have to be the one that goes and finds the job. We have to be the one that opens the doors for ourselves because we just feel like we are in such a, a place of lack. We can't count on anybody else to provide for us except me, myself, and I. And, and this is a, a, an age-old problem. It goes all the way back into Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 with Abram. Before he is Abraham. If you got a Bible, I want you to turn there. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It's going to be here up on the screen. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your fa father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Could you imagine having God come to you, having God come down and go, hey, I got some news for you. I'm going to bless everybody through you. You're like, this is awesome. Whoa, look at me. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Right? Like, you are blessed. You are so happy right now because the Lord, God of everything, has come down and given you a prophetic vision over your life and said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take you to places that you have never been. I'm going to give you everything your heart desires. This is great news. Abram must have just left that day, and he must have gone to his wife, and he said, hey, 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 let's, let's get out the finest china tonight. Let's make a birthday cake. Let's, let's go out to Cheesecake Factory. Let's celebrate let's do everything that we possibly can because baby we are blessed come on I mean they even had a good time that night you know what I'm talking about it was awesome 
It was awesome. They were so happy. Man. And then we get to chapter 15. Verse 1. That says, sometime later. Now historians say that there's probably a time period of about 10 to 12 years between this promise to Abram between chapter 12 and chapter 15. See, we as humans, we don't like chapter 12 to chapter 15 in our lives, do we? We hate some time later. There had to be so many days where Abram was walking out and going, how are you going to make me, me, the father of all the nations. You're going to bless everybody through me. It's been 12 years, Lord. And so here I am in my chapter 15 moment, and this is what I've got to do. I've just got to go make it happen now, God, all right? So I'm coming to you, and I'm going to tell you that I'm going to make it happen because it's all about me. I've got a scheme. I've got to do everything that I want to do. So the Lord, um, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram. For I will protect you and your reward will be great. Hey, remember, I didn't forget about you 10 to 12 years ago. But Abram replied, oh, oh, yeah, that, uh, I got it. (laughs) Thanks, God. You know, you're my pal. You're helping me out. But I've already kind of solved the problem. How? He says, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Elazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. I've just already decided. It's just going to be one of my servants. Like, I'm just going to go sleep with this girl over here, and, and then that person will be my heir, and, you know, and it'll be great, God. And just, just forget about your promises. Like, it's cool, but I've got it. Woo! How many times has God come to you in chapter 12 and said he's going to bless you, but then because you've got to go all the way through the years and years and years and years and waiting and waiting and waiting, and and you're in chapter 15 now, and you're just like, oh, no, God, I'm good. I got it. Take matters into my own hands. I've got it. I'm scheming. But then the Lord said to him, no. Hey, stop scheming. Hey, stop planning. Do you not know your source, Abram? Your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son. Do you not forget what I have told you? Do you not forget the source that is standing in front of you? You will have it. Who will be your heir? Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky. Count the stars if you can. If you can. Woo! I love that. Count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Abram's up there. He's looking at the sky. Oh. Oh, yeah. I've forgotten about your promise. I was just concentrating on a son. You are concentrating on the stars. Because I'm in chapter 15. I'm just concentrating on what I lack. But I remember that you're my source. And so it says, Abram believed the Lord. And then the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. 
It was because of his faith. See, we've got to, we cannot forget that the source is extravagant. He says, you just want a son, but I'm thinking about the stars. You just want a son, I'm thinking about nations. You just want a son, what you think that you lack, and I'm thinking about blessing you so big that you can't even imagine what I'll do in your life. But see, this doesn't make sense in our worldview. Because we have a negative worldview bias. Like there's times that as a father, I've got three kids, two boys, seven and five, and then a two and a half year old little girl. And this morning I'm sitting there on the bed and, and my, my, my seven year old comes in and, and he's so happy and, and, and we're just like um, cuddling and, and I'm tickling him and we're laughing and it's so fun, right? Why in my mind does sometimes I go, oh man, I better hold on to this moment though because something might happen to him. Let, let go with me for a minute. Let's imagine there's a family. It's Christmas, right? Everybody loves Christmas. My, my middle child, he loves Christmas. He, he wore Christmas pajamas last night. <laughs> like he is Buddy the Elf. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Christmas. I love it. But let's just imagine it's Christmas, right? And you got this family, and they're all in the car, and you're watching it on the big screen, okay? And, and, and all of a sudden, uh, little Timmy in the back, he starts singing Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. And then his brother joins in. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. And his sister joins in. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. And then the mom and dad join in. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. You know, and they're all singing Jingle Bells. And it is awesome. And they're on the way to Grandma's house for some, um, uh, for some cookies, right? Like they're on the way to Grandma's house to open up some gifts. It's going to be great. And then all of a sudden, the screen just goes whoosh, black. Pans out real quick. Zoop. What do you think it happens to that family? So many of us in here automatically think, oh, my gosh, car crash. Oh, my gosh, car wreck. It was awful. They didn't even survive. They never made it to Grandma's house. In reality, though, they made it to Grandma's house. And they ate all the cookies they want, and they opened their gifts up, and it was amazing. See, that's what I believe is our issue with God. That's what I believe is our issue with God. So many of us in here, so many of us in here believe that God is a God that doesn't want to give you good things. That, that oh, I can't get too close to God because if I get too close to God, he's, I just know he's going to take this away from me. I just know it. It's just too good to be true. As a pastor right now, tonight what's happening at 6 o'clock is kind of too good to be true in all reality. If I have that worldview. But then I go to the Bible. Because when I open up the Bible, I don't see a God that just wants to punish his children. I see a God who has not withheld anything from his children. Who actually sent his son, his most precious gift on the whole entire world, down to the world to save the world. He said, I sent my son to save the world, not to condemn it. 
He, he, he said that if you will trust me, that I will open up heaven, heaven's windows for you, and pour out blessings on your life so much that you can't even imagine. He says that you can't even think, dream, or imagine all that the Lord has in store for you. Do you believe that today, church? Come on, clap. Make some noise. He's not a God that's just going to be like, whoosh, boom, car crash. No, he's the God that goes, whoosh, boom, grandmas. Here's the blessing. But we live in a world that doesn't want to believe that. And that is one of our problems, that we don't really want to believe that the source is for us. We're dreaming of a place to live, and God is dreaming of a promised land. We are dreaming of comfort, and God is dreaming of a life of meaning. We are dreaming of a church. God is dreaming of a kingdom. Stop selling God short. There is a world that's hurting. Has the spirit of lack on it and the spirit of negativity on it. And they need to see a church that refuses to sell God short. That refuses to be jaded. That refuses to believe that God is not the source of everything that they have. They need to see that source. Look up into the sky, Abraham. Look up into the sky and see the stars that I won't pour out on you. The blessings that I will not pour out on you. And you would like to think that, that Abram changed everything that day in his culture. But even thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, they still had a spirit of lack on their lives. And it went into the generation after him and the generation after him and the generation after him. And we go later into the story into Numbers chapter 14. And the, the people of God are standing on the bank of the promised land that he says, there's your promise right over there. I'm about to give it to you. That's the blessing. That's the land of milk and honey. That's everything that you need. And they send some spies into that land. And in Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 or 11, it says, two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, that's my name, y'all, come on. Joshua, son of Nun, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing because they're standing in front of the Israelites. They have come back from the promised land, and they are the only two people that have decided that they would come back with a worldview of God being their source because in the promised land is giants, Everybody else said, they're too big. We can't do it. Mm, not Joshua and Caleb. They said, I know a God that is our source. And they got mad about it. I think there's some husbands in here that you need to get mad about the fact that your family is suffering in lack and tear your clothes and do something about it and go, we're not going to be that family. There's some people in here that need to go, no, 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 no. We are going to tear our clothes and refuse to believe the spirit of lack in this world. And we are going to believe that there is a source that can give us everything. 
that can give us the promised land even though there's giants there. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, if he is our source, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. Because it is a land flowing with milk and honey. Guys, I'm begging you, do not rebel against the Lord. Fresh Church, don't rebel against the Lord and just think, well, because I don't see it, it's not coming when he has the source. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of that land over there. Are you kidding me? They are only helpless prey to us. Come on, somebody. You want that guy giving you a pep talk. They have no protection. But the Lord, the source, is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Consider your source. Don't be afraid. Consider your source. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Ah, forget about them. Psh, consider the source. Yeah, right. We are nothing. We will get destroyed by them. Okay? Just go ahead and kill them because they don't know what they're talking about. They're crazy. Can I tell you that a person that's really following the Lord and knows their source is going to look crazy to the people that are living in this world with the spirit of lack on them? Just get rid of that person. You're talking crazy talk. But in reality, no, 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 no. You're the only one talking clearly. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all of the Israelites. God's like, you think Caleb and Joshua are talking crazy? Hey, Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Will they never believe that I am the source? Do they forget that I've already delivered them? After all the miraculous signs I have done, what if God is looking at you right now and saying, will they ever believe me? Will they ever believe me that I can give them all that they need? That I really am the source. See, God sent me here today to tell you that he is your source. So come on, let's go fight some giants. How about it, people? Come on. Let's go fight some giants. Let's go fight. Let's be Caleb's. Let's be Joshua. Let's remember that we have a God that will open up the windows of heaven. Let's remember that our God lives and he cannot, we cannot contain all the blessings that he has for us. Where is it that you need a Joshua and a Caleb in your life today? Where is it? Think about your life right now. Think about what you're looking as lack in your life, where you can't consider the source because you're blinded to the source. And where is it that you need a Joshua, that you need a Caleb in your life to come in and tell you that your relationship looks dead, but consider your source. Stand up and fight for it anyways. Where is it? Where is it that you received some news this week that shook you to your core and you need a Joshua and you need a Caleb to come up to you and go, but consider your source. Fight anyways. Consider your source. Yeah, I know that there's giants over there, but consider your source. Consider your source. Do not rebel against the Lord. 
Don't be afraid of the people of that land. They're only helpless prey. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us, so don't be afraid. What's interesting in this text is this. Rebelling against the Lord is not considering your source. You want to know how you can rebel against the Lord? Stop considering your source. When you stop considering your source, that he is the supply, that he is everything you do, the Bible says that you're rebelling against the Lord. Wow. So there's been some areas in my life where I've been rebelling against the Lord. That I forgot that he was the source. I don't want to rebel against the Lord, do you? But anywhere in my life where I'm not considering the source, the Bible says I'm a rebel. That I am in opposition for what God wants to do in my life. So let's listen to the voice of Caleb. But here's my challenge for us today. Let's be Caleb. Let's be a Caleb. Because here's what I love about Caleb. Eventually, Joshua and Caleb were the only two people in that whole entire generation that they were born into that got to go into the promised land. Why? Because they saw the source where all the other people just saw the lack. They had a spirit on them that was a spirit of considering their source where everybody else just saw what they were not. And, 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 and I think there's a word in there for somebody because some of you are missing out on some promised lands that God has for you because you're not considering your source. But Joshua and Caleb, they finally get to the promised land, the land that is flowing with milk and honey, and they defeat all of the giants that are there except for this one piece of land. And it's kind of after they've already fought a lot of battles, taking the land. And Joshua is going to give out all the land to all the tribes. And he comes to Caleb because the Lord made Caleb a promise. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 through 14, it says, Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kaddish? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. But for my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. I wholeheartedly was the, the, believed the source. Do you wholeheartedly believe your source? So that day, Moses solemnly promised me the land of Canaan, which you were just walking, will be your grant of land. And that your descendants forever, because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well, as he has promised, for these 45 years since, sometime later. Sometime later. Since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I'm 85 years old, and I am as strong now as when Moses sent me on that journey. Come on, CrossFit. You know, he's got nothing. He is like, I am strong, man. Come on, look at these biceps. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. 
You'll remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, if he is my source still, 45 years later at 85, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. Because Joshua's like, I'm giving the land. And so Caleb, I know you fought a lot of battles. And so I, man, why don't I just give you this over here? It's peaceful over here. I think maybe Caleb heard about it. And he's like, you ain't doing what? No, 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 no. I want that land. Joshua's like, oh, you, you remember the, 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 there's still some giants in that land, right, Caleb? Like, like, like you remember, it's going to be a battle for that land. Like, you've already fought a lot of battles. You're 85 years old. Are you sure you still want this land? He's like, give it to me. Because I know my source. I know my source. So Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave, isn't that a funny name? Jephunneh, I love it. And gave Hebron to him as his proportion of land. Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzite, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Here's what I love about this. Caleb knew something that humanity needs to hear today. Caleb knew at 85 years old that he wasn't supposed to retire and go live in Florida in the Keys and play golf every day. That's the American dream. That's not God's dream. That was the dream that maybe Joshua had for him, but that was not the dream that Caleb had for himself. Caleb knew to live is to actually be in a battle. I want you to think about it. When your life is the most comfortable, are you the most alive? Some of you are just wanting comfort. You just want comfortable Christianity where you don't have to serve, where you don't have to give, where you don't have to do anything. You don't have to show up. You just want, to, you just want comfort. You don't have to build anything. You just show up. You just attend a church. Take your notes, leave, check it off. Oh, I went to church. You don't want to build anything. You want comfortable. You want, you want something comfortable. Caleb knew that to live is to fight. Caleb knew that to live, you're going to be in a battle. Like you're going to have to face a battle. If you really want to live, God did not design you just for your comfortable, um, you know, financial situation, for you to be able to drive the nice car, for you to be able to have the house with the bedrooms, with the dog, with the kids, with the music career, with everything that's comfy that our world says that you need this, you need these shoes that'll make you comfortable, you need this bed that'll make you comfortable, you need comfort, 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 comfort. Caleb said, no, I don't want comfort, I reject comfort, you give me the land that has the giants in it because I know I'll really come alive if I'm actually fighting a battle. Some of you, you're not fulfilled in this life because you're not fighting any battle that's bigger than yourself because it's all about you. He said, you give me the land where the giants are because I know my source. And I know my source, if he's with me, he will drive 
out the giants there. And let me tell you something. If the Lord is your source and you reject the life of comfortability that is the American dream, but it's not God's dream. Stop following the culture. Stop following what everybody else tells you you need. Pick up your Bible and then really find out what you need. And if God is your source, he will drive out what is standing before you. Write that down. If God is your source, he will drive out what is standing before you. Let's be Caleb. I I heard this week, and I love this. And and I I, I started thinking about this and how it would play out with Caleb. Because everyone else, including Joshua, he looked at that land that he wanted. And he said, Caleb, man, you're 85 years old. Those giants are too big to kill. Those giants are too big to kill, bro. Look at your life, man. You got some big old giants. Ain't no way you are going to kill all those giants. But Caleb knew his source. And he looked at Joshua and he said, no, man, you got it wrong. Those giants are too big to be missed. Those giants are too big to be missed, and they got to go, yo. They got to get out of my land, because <laughs> that is my land that God has given me. And every single day, somebody else is trespassing on what God has given me. And I'm here today to tell you that somebody is trespassing on some land that's supposed to be yours, on some property that's supposed to be yours, on some spiritual gain that's supposed to be yours, because you're too afraid to go and fight the giant there. Be Caleb. Come on. Because what if the challenge in front of you is the indication of the source within you? Let me say that again. What if the challenge before you is the indication of the source that's within you? The giant before you is the indication that the source is going to show up and do something that you can't even imagine in your life. Because can I tell you the end of the story? It's awesome. Caleb wins. (laughs) He said, I consider my source. I went over there, 85 years old of me and all my family, and we took what was mine because the source was there. I already knew how the story was going to end before I even went in that land. I already know how the story is going to end for this church. I already know how the story is going to end. It's going to end in victory for every single one of us. I love it. The scripture goes on to say, previously, Hebron had been called Kareth Arba and had been named after Arba, a great hero of the descendants of Anak. Had been named. Ooh. What's that land named right now that's yours? That you need to show up with your source, who is God, and say, get out of my land. This is mine. I'm retaking it. And what, you named it? No, 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 no. My descendant, Abram, that stood out in front of God and and, and God showed him the stars, he named this place Hebron. 
that's what this place is going to be. Because Caleb considered his source. I want you to close your eyes for a moment as the band comes back up. Scripture said it had been called Kareth Arba after a great hero of the descendants of Anak, but no longer. After Caleb went in, knowing his source, knowing that he had a battle to fight, knowing that he was going to take what was his, says then the land had rest from war. There is a season of rest. God doesn't want you just every day battling, 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 battling. But he also doesn't want you to live permanently in comfort, 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 comfort. I think there's a lot of men in here that you're not alive right now because you don't know what battle you're supposed to be really winning. Because the culture is defining your battle, not the Lord. God is your source. What giants are you looking at right now? Did you go, I can never, I can never defeat that giant. It's too big. But then you go, oh, but I'm Caleb. Oh, I'm Caleb. If the Lord is for me, if the Lord is for me, if the Lord is for me, if my source is for me, then if I consider my source, then I know that I can step out on the field where the giant is, and I know that I will take every single one of them down. I will step, and the source will empower. I will step, and the source will empower. I will step, and the source will empower. I will step, and the source will empower my life. But I'm not going to stay in this land that somebody else wants to give me. And just live in comfort anymore. God is my source. And that giant must fall.